Good to have you along. I'm Jerry Agar in for John Moore again today. We're hopeful he will be back with you tomorrow, just a little bit under the weather the last couple of days. But it's White Coat Wednesday with our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Schulman. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Adjua and I have been joking about this story here, that essential morning coffee may be a placebo. And, <laughs> and our response to that is this, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with you. What this study did though, did do, though, was it took people who had a minimum of a cup of coffee a day, so not heavy drinkers, told them you can't, have drink, you can't drink coffee for three hours, put them in an MRI, saw what their brain was doing at rest, gave them either a hot water with caffeine in it drink or a coffee drink. So you have to understand, you could tell which was which. Huh? So there's no, it's not as if no one knew what they were getting. Put them back into the functional MRI 30 minutes later and saw if there's any change in their brain. And yes, both coffee and caffeine did trigger sort of the response that made you ready to start the day. But it turned out that caffeine by itself didn't do all the things that the coffee seemed to do in terms of priming your body, uh, priming your brain specifically to get the job done. Uh, the caffeine itself did not make certain connections, didn't seem to do certain things. Now, there are obviously faults with this study in terms of um, how it was put together and what it does, but it does open up the interesting concept that maybe it's not the caffeine in the coffee that does all these things that makes you ready to start your day and get you going, which is not, not an unreasonable thought. If you think about it, even decaffeinated coffee has very many health benefits for people. So maybe it isn't the caffeine, which is, by the way, the most frequently used drug in all of society. Yeah. Um, maybe it isn't the caffeine. Maybe there's something else in there that is helping us get along. So I don't mind what it is, and I don't even mind if it's a placebo. If it works, I like my morning cup of coffee, and I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, me too. You can get the caffeine itself in a little powdered form, and my son was doing that. He was taking some of that stuff to get himself through his finals in university. And you know what he found out, Dr. Mitch? It's not a good idea to have a little baggie of that in your suitcase at the airport. Oh, God almighty. No, 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 no. Try and explain that to the security people. Yeah, no, seriously, it's caffeine. Really, kid? Turn around. Yeah. Trans against the wall. Yeah, um, Interestingly enough, you can buy caffeine over the counter in the States as all sorts of stimulant pills. Right. I don't think it's as readily available here in Canada. But many people do do it, do use it to help them stay awake when they're on long drives and things like that. Yeah, I'm taking that five-hour energy every once in a while in those situations. Is that bad? Uh, more sugar in it than anything else, you know. Oh, I'm not okay. sure how. I'm not sure whether it really does you that much good. Well, it seems to work. Maybe it's a placebo. I don't know. Um, kids who start reading, I like this one. Kids who start reading for pleasure early, as opposed to just assignments they were giving, had better academics and mental health as teens. Yeah. We're talking about kids who start reading in the two to nine-year-old age group. Um, again, a flawed study in terms of what it's done, but it does fit in with a lot of other literature that we've looked at, that if you allow kids to read for pleasure, what's interesting is 12 hours a week was more than enough. Beyond that, it didn't really make a huge difference. So there is something special about reading for pleasure. Uh, one, it keeps them away from screens. And we know that diminishing the amount of screen time is good for you. Uh, making it that cutoff of 12 hours or less means that they are getting out and they are doing things as well. 
And certainly the exposure to the spoken word being read to and then taking that on yourself has been shown in numerous studies to prepare kids for uh, better reading, better thinking, better cognitive, higher brain function. What was really interesting about this study is these kids also seemed to be more resilient as they got into adolescence. In other words, they were less likely to complain of mental health and other psychological problems. And I think that's interesting. And the question is, does the sense of control that you get by reading on your own, uh, is that what does it? Is the sense of selection or choice, is that what does it? Or is it just the reading itself develops certain parts of the brain? But I think that was the unexpected real advantage. And I think if you can encourage your kids, and this went across all demographic groups, this went across all uh, income categories, all races, this just worked. Um, I think it's a good thing parents can do. I know it's it can be tough after a long day, but before you're putting your kid down to bed at night, reading to them, uh, having fun with them for a few moments, what, 10 or 15 minutes, and then uh, encouraging them to pick up age and subject-appropriate material and reading on their own is just a great thrill. And I know, speaking, the last thing you should ever do is speak from personal experience, but I got turned on to reading as a very young kid and loved the Hardy Boys, if you remember those things, and Tom Swift, yeah. and I'm convinced that that's what led me to the path of, you know, being successful in school and eventually a medical career in the whole bit. Um, in my own mind, this resonates. Yeah. Well, you say it's the last thing you should do because you come at everything from science. Of course, the first thing I do is talk about uh, experiences and anecdotes and stories, and I'll tell you a quick one on this. I was working sure. in Brandon, Manitoba many years ago, and I worked with a woman named Marie. I liked her a lot. Uh, and I was telling her about a book I was reading, and she confessed to me that other than things she'd been assigned to read when she was in school and, you know, learning to read, she just didn't read. She watched television. And, but she thought this book I was talking about sounded interesting. So when I finished reading it, I gave it to her. And then uh, I moved away from Brandon, and a few years later I was back, and I called her up, and we had lunch. And all of a sudden during lunch, she reached in her purse and pulled out a book and held it up and said, look, it changed my life. Oh, see, isn't that cool? Yeah. And it's a positive change in someone's life. I think that's an awesome story. And I th and personally, I think books have the opportunity, however you do them, uh, whether it's on a, uh, a specific device or just in the old, uh, you know, paper copy. I think books have the potential to open up new vistas, new worlds. And they really do help you with word recognition, obviously, uh, and, and cognitive development. Good for you. Noise is all around us, and it's harming our health. Turn your radio up. This is important. <laughs> I don't view this as noise. This is information. Yes, it is. <laughs> Um, they're talking about traffic and other noise, and we've known for many years that if your kid is going to a school, for example, that's over the path of airplanes and all that, the exposure to the loud noise not only makes these kids restless and uncomfortable, but also affects their reading and other abilities, and these kids tend to do less well. Well, it turns out that even if you think you're deep asleep, your brain is still picking up noises, and especially as the weather gets hot, you may sleep with the windows open. If you're near traffic, traffic noise above 50 decibels is enough to really affect your sleep, make you irritable, and cause all sorts of other problems. Now the fix is, as a community, obviously we try and reduce the amount of noise in our community, but you can't always do that. 
So the fix could be something simple as moving to a different part, you know, like sleeping in a different part of the house that perhaps doesn't face, or the apartment that doesn't face the street, or earplugs. And there are now special earplugs that are made that you can get many pharmacies that are made out of a soft material that actually conforms nicely to the ear. And if you ever needed proof that when you, quote unquote, think you're in a deep sleep, you're really not, and you're sensitive to sound, think about the alarm clock that wakes you up, think about the sound of a baby crying that wakes you up from a deep sleep. There's so many different things that we are actually aware of the fact that we're aware. It's not surprising that we're not aware of all the other things that are affecting our sleep. Interestingly enough, the thing that we use, the measure that we use to keep track of uh, sound is called a decibel, and it's named after... Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone. And a single decibel is the softest sound that you can barely hear. Um, 20 or 30 is, uh, I guess, whispering. 40 would be a quiet uh, residential street. 15, you're now getting into traffic and perhaps the sound of your refrigerator, if you have an older style, noisy refrigerator. So it doesn't take a lot to set us off and really affect us. Well, and I wonder if uh, in, in terms of any, any damage, ear damage is ear damage, but even psychological damage depends on how you react to it, I guess, because Neil Diamond uh, opened up the window to his apartment one day and in New York City, and, it, and just everything that came through the window inspired him to write a song called Beautiful Noise. <laughs> I guess you can turn, you know, it's like classic. If life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess you just love the city. Maybe that's what that was really about. Yes. All right, Dr. Mitch, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Have a great day. You too.